Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the All by the Popcorn podcast. I'm Alessandra. And I'm Emily. And today we're going to be talking about the very last Oscar-nominated movie that we haven't talked about yet. Roma. Yes, Roma. I'm Which a big fan. Two things. Mm-hmm. Well, many things actually. Well, yeah, but in, specifically in the in the most like it was interesting why like how it was nominated for both foreign film, obviously because it's all in Spanish, oh, yes. and then and then for best picture, which is very intriguing and very exciting as well. Yes. Um, we've also got Best Director, Best Actress for uh, Yalizia Alparicio, and Best Supporting Actress for Marina de Tavira. And it it says on the Wikipedia page that it's tied with the favorite as the most nominated film. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Two, two super awesome movies. So let's yeah. See, where... Where do we want to start? Um, I just would like to say this movie was extremely beautiful, and I cried a bit of times during the movie, and I just thought the entire thing was just such a gorgeous work of art. I couldn't even believe it, that I was watching it on Netflix in my house. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's quite amazing that uh, Netflix like Netflix produced this film, right? Like Netflix gave the money to. They basically got to... the rights for it, so yeah, like they okay. they made the movie already, and Netflix uh, bought the rights to distribute it. Oh, okay, yeah. And uh, I've watched this awesome little video, uh, which is on my Twitter of Alfonso Cuaron after he won his Golden Globe he uh for best picture or for best director he uh somebody asked him you know what do you think about how these uh streaming websites are taking people's like money and uh you know why would anybody want to like put a movie out on them and he was like okay first of all my movie is getting seen by literally dozens like of times more people than if this has just been in the theaters and that this is a platform that I just want to express my love for cinema and I want people to see my movie and the more people to see it that see it the better and it honestly doesn't matter if it's not in a in a movie theater Um, honestly I am so for like streaming sites because it is so frustrating that the second a movie thieves theater leaves theaters that it is non-existent like you can never mm-hmm. find it again unless you like for like buy a few a months DVD. yeah 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 and it's so it's so frustrating so no completely like netflix and and hulu and like all of these streaming sites really help and amazon like help these movies get seen that deserve to be seen yeah completely definitely completely and this movie was just incredible it's in black and white and i mean i didn't know anything really about the movie until i watched it no i had no idea what it was going to be about until until i finished it until i started it yeah (laughs) basically until i finished it because even while you were (laughs) watching it even while i was watching it i didn't know what was going to happen it was just it was so like inviting and intriguing and i just i just had to keep watching and it was just so emotional and beautiful and it Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it a lot. And I, I kind of watched it in this very weird state. Like, I've 
I've been going into work really early, so I haven't been getting the best sleep. And so, <laughs> uh, so I had to go into work like super early the day after I watched this. So I like went to the gym and worked out really hard to make myself tired. So I kind of <laughs> watched it in like a tired, yeah, like, like fugue state. State, yes, like very exhausted. I was watching this, <laughs> and I like, and I, and I didn't quite know how to react to a lot of stuff. I was just like, oh, this is sad. But then I was yeah. just so tired. Mm-hmm. But, but I was concentrating because I had to read all the subtitles, too. So I was, like, right. in this weird, concentrating, exhausted state. <laughs> <laughs> I really loved that this movie was in Spanish because I, I really do love reading subtitles. Um, I even watch the subtitles in general, like, on the TV, whenever I'm watching anything in English, I, I have the subtitles on. I just, I like to have them. Um, they just help me watching the film. I don't know why, but this one, it was just... It, just so beautiful listening to the Spanish and the mixtech as well, uh, which is another like type of, uh, I guess it's like street Spanish. Um, okay. And in the, the movie takes place in Mexico city and it, it says the title refers to the colonial Roma district of, of Mexico city with the like, you know, um, middle-class families. Like that's where they lived. Um, okay, so Roma was a was a place in Mexico City where people yes, lived. Yes, it's a district. Oh, cool, okay. Because Mexico City is, like, I think the most populated city in the entire world. Um, oh, really? Yeah, it's Ooh. huge. It's the biggest city in the whole world. <laughs> That's crazy. Isn't it? I mean, I think it just, like, spans so, so wide and so big. Um you know. Yeah, I I loved watching them. Like I loved I loved their house mm-hmm. and like and and the houses they visited. They were all very, like, intricate and almost huge. Like they all seemed very big. Mm-hmm. And and I also loved when they would, uh, like the hospital had and and all the architecture around the hospital had like such beautiful architecture. It seems like yeah. such a pretty city. It does. I mean, with the backdrop of this really terrible dirty war that's going on in the early 70s in Mexico City we get you know kind of a little bit of insight into that with with the the guy who uh the main character sleeps with and then gets pregnant by he's like part of it um oh uh Fermin Fermin yeah but I guess he was he was scary yeah and it was interesting that he he joined because I, I guess they they covered it as like a martial arts mm-hmm. school or something, and you yeah. know he'd and when you first see uh, Fermin and Cleo together, there he's kind of like talking about his past and how he'd gotten into a lot of bad stuff, and he was glad that he had found the the martial arts group. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they turned out like. To, to be this to, Los Halconas, so, yeah, yeah, like the Los Halconas yeah. group, which is like the paramilitary group. Yeah, so it's like it, it seems like he left that stuff, but then didn't. Like he thought he did, but I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he, they were all like really invested in this, and like that whole scene where you're watching all of like the hundred men just like doing all of martial the arts, martial like arts the yeah like all at the same time like all together was crazy like and it was very like a long sequence yeah very very oh. and talking about how different uh coaches would come and train them like it mm-hmm. all sounded very uh, militaristic yeah uh, but we get it like the whole movie is basically from cleo's perspective um and we just watch the way that she interacts with her environment her life her friends and mostly the family that she takes care of um she's basically like a nanny housekeeper who does above and beyond what she i bet her job description is um because she cares so much for this family and the the children and she like puts the children to sleep and she like you know she doesn't cook but she helps like with everything you know um, yeah, they kind of treat Cleo almost as their second mom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean... And just with how close they all are. Especially with the younger kids. Uh, yeah. Sophie... 
and I believe the Pepe, right? Or no, the, it was, was there a younger one? No, I think... I think it's Sophie and Pepe. Yeah. There's there's four children. There's... Yes. I mean, that's a lot of kids. So there's three And they were a rowdy bunch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They were so rowdy. This family was insane to watch sometimes. Mm-hmm. Just with the kids, like, beating each other up and... And and it was very interesting. I really liked Cleo just because, like, it, it was, like, when the kids were fighting and, you know, someone would come up and be like, Cleo, you know, these... The boys uh, are fighting. Yeah, the boys are fighting. She's like, okay, I'm coming. But she, like, doesn't she intervene. Went, she, she just went, stands there and watches. Yeah, and the grandmother, too, was just like, stop it. Like, you know, the grandmother was the one who would be intervening. But Cleo was also, like pregnant like she couldn't intervene she like oh definitely not there's nothing she could do i feel like she would do that i feel like she would do that a lot of the time like she'd kind of act like she's going to do something but then it's kind of like just watching Mm -hmm. i don't know i i I was trying to understand cleo she's she's like an enigma to me i do not i do not quite understand her but um i really enjoyed her character a lot and again watching her react to stuff like either whether whether or not she understands like e- even though we definitely saw everything from her perspective like it, it seemed like it was all still very vague and confusing mm-hmm. and like with the to mother figure it all out yeah. yeah like the father is clearly leaving the family yeah. and he says like i'm going on a trip like to on like to quebec or to something. canada yeah yeah and and they're like okay and the mom's like you know something's wrong because she goes outside and like tries to like hug and kiss the dad it's like and she's just in such a panic like she knows this is the last time she's gonna get to see him you know and it's yeah it's like you watch that and just i what i really loved about this movie was the details everything was so so deliberate and so incredibly beautiful like like even down to when the dad's driving the car into the garage, you know, just just oh, trying to. Oh, I love to, that scene. Yeah, it's like two minutes or three minutes of just watching the dad's, like looking at his rings, looking at his like, smoke, yeah, like just his hands on the wheel. Yeah, like his with, with a cigarette, and he's yeah. like moving the gear, and he's just going and... back and forth trying to get the car into this tiny little parking spot. <laughs> Trying to get this wide car. Wide, wide car. And he, like, can hardly get out of the car when he gets in. And it's, like, so incredibly, like, you know, he we don't even get to see him very much. We This is, like, all we really get to see of him. And then, you know, kind of, like, him watching, like, the, their last night together, basically. Um, yeah, pretty much. And But it is still from Cleo's perspective. Like, she, she's there and she doesn't clean up the dog poop and... You know, so we, we watch all those little moments. And then there's just the way that, like, um, Marinda de Tavra uh, reacts sometimes. You just don't expect her. You expect her to sometimes react, like, really mean or really, really nice. And I just, like, did not expect her when Cleo said that she was pregnant to her to, like, the way that she reacted. Like, she was like, oh, we're going to the doctor immediately. We're going to make sure you're okay. You know, and it was just well, like... yeah, because when, when the dad immediately shows up, like, you just see kind of a... It feels almost like hostility. Mm-hmm. Not hostility, but, like, you know, you know, there's there's dog poop everywhere, and he's like, he's like, I thought I told you to clean up this shit. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and, like, even though the, the kids love her, when you first kind of see the parents themselves, it kind of seems like she kind of watches herself by um, around the parents to kind of, like... Yes, yes. I don't know, not, not get them mad at her, not... Yeah not to really be noticed like kind of just be in the background but again like still still showing so much love towards these kids like when she's very daintily picking up the dishes around the couch when they're watching Mm -hmm. like that uh comedy special and then you know she she sits sits she sits down next to the couch and uh the boy puts his arm around her and yeah you know the the mom's the mom's still kind of like treating her as a maid being like you know please get the doctor some some tea tea. and then yeah the son's like but i but she's sitting with me yeah it's it's, like, oh, she can get it. Yeah, it's just like the, it's the very, fine like, line. very, like, flip-floppy. Yeah, mm-hmm. very interesting. Very interesting dynamic that I really enjoyed watching. Yeah, I think it definitely, uh, it it transforms throughout the movie depending, because the father leaves, Cleo yeah. actually has to take a role of being even more supportive than she already was 
while the while she's pregnant um to support the mom as well emotionally because she has nobody else and you know with the beauty of this movie is it it gets to the you know you can see like, like you can see the parallels of of the mom uh and cleo so easily because the mom has four children but her husband left her and cleo is about to have a baby but the guy completely ditches her um because he's an asshole so it's kind of like she's starting to realize that men are shit they are dog shit and <laughs> the parallels are so beautiful because in the very end when she goes and saves like the kids in in the water even though she doesn't know how to swim it's it's just an incredible like moment of we're we're a whole family together like the mother and the children and cleo are so like ingrained in in and in, in there's so much love between all of them you know yeah and that's just something that you really can't drop i mean you i mean you really only get a span of i believe a year with this family so mm-hmm. you really you don't know how long cleo's been there um but it definitely feels like she's been working there forever yeah like just for so long decades really yeah um and and yeah i can i agree with what you're saying about like the parallels and i i thought it was very interesting at the end cuz like again cleo you like never really know what she's thinking and it's mm-hmm. and it's very concerning but like you know like I, i'm a, i'm concerned for her and her situation and i just don't like she just she's so she's so blank face but like but there's still a lot of emotion there at times when it's needed but like at the very end when she says that she didn't want her baby mhm yeah to be born you had and no I idea like, i was like what yeah it's <laughs> like it's a shocker because no one asks her if she wants this baby but no. you know it's not like she had a choice like she wasn't she wasn't going to get rid of the baby like it's her baby you know and in the in well, the end, and, and the family was gonna just help her anyway. But I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. That, but yeah, the the question was never asked. Like, do you want this baby? And and I mean, she just went along with it because you know she got the support, she got the the doctor's appointments. Mm-hmm. She had a, she she was with a family who loved her and they were gonna support her till the end. Yeah, and then and then just to just to find out like I didn't want this baby to be born, but then seeing seeing actually after the birth. She was like, you know, the ba- the baby came out dead. Yeah, and so sad that she was like holding it and crying. That and I was sequence like, was just so was insane. I was so anxious. It was <laughs> it was incredible watching that, and I was gonna compare it to the the sequence in Beale Street because there's also that the baby that's born um, in Beale Street, and that has a, a sequence of joy and love and life and this one was just cold and you just see Cleo and in the background this this dead baby is just laying there and she's just crying and you're just like this is this is horrendous this is terrible that she just yeah, had to people, be people just yelling around her and not really telling her what to do I mean and especially since this since she her we're going completely out of order but her water broke while at a shooting. Right. The, the, during that protest I mentioned before. the uh, oh, Yeah, the student rally. The student rally that turned into the Corpus Christi Massacre. Yes. So her water breaks as they're looking for cribs. And there took t- it took her like two hours to get to the hospital while she's having contractions. And it's just already this very... Like, I, I thought she was going to give birth in that car while they were waiting in that tunnel. Like, yeah. was, they were not moving. And I was like, how yeah. is she... How is this? What's happening? What's yeah. going to happen? It, uh, and then they finally get to the ho- to the hospital and everyone's just yelling around her, not really helping her. They're kind of just yelling around her and she's just like breathing and looking around and like mm-hmm. no one's no one's telling her to push. Like the only the only like well, they had to do of... surgery on her. So they just took the baby out. Right. Yeah. They, they had to cut her open. Really? I did not see any of that. Yeah, they had to go just... into surgery, so you don't see it, though. It's all underneath, like, what's going on underneath, and, um, yeah, they have to, like, they have to give her a couple stitches, that's what they said. Yeah, I, I, I heard that, and I was like, why? What did you, what did you... <laughs> it didn't, it, I don't know, it didn't seem like anything was happening, that it was just, like, she was sitting there, 
breathing and then the baby came out. <laughs> I was well, like, what? They took the baby out, yeah. And like, it was all one shot too. We have, the, it's all one shot of her get, like going into the, to the surgery, laying down. And it's a still shot of just everything around and the baby dying, like the baby being dead and her just like looking at it for a little bit. And it's just it was so sad. Yeah. And like what, what seemed like all these natural disasters like happening like that, that, uh, that earthquake that happened while she, when she went to her first like appointment. Oh yeah. And, like, oh yeah. And like that. I forgot that about building, that. What is it? Like the, the rubble from the ceiling like landed on, on one mm-hmm. of the newborn baby's boxes. Yeah. Like a, yeah. Uh, one of the... a, a tank. I don't know. Whatever it is. And, and she's just like, like the, there's a grandma and her like knee or, and her granddaughter like kneeling on the floor like taking cover and Cleo's just standing there yeah I'm like again like in the sense of like are you gonna do something are you not like I I'm Mm -hmm. always I'm Mm -hmm. always like questioning like what she's gonna do next yeah I mean I just that's what I loved about her performance I mean she was completely a realistic person like I just the way that the, the stoicism of her in so many ways that probably was because of her job you know uh, you know, the, the way that the maids are expected to act is, like, how she already acts. She's quiet, you know, she she's a loving individual, but you don't know what's going on behind her eyes and, and what she really wants, and, and we don't really know until the very end when she says, I didn't want her, you know? It's... Yeah, I feel, I feel like that's the first time she really said, like, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. Like, in the, or this is what I wanted, or this is something that I prefer. Like, you never hear her say anything like that except for except for maybe when she's up on the roof and uh the two boys come up like with their they're playing like guns or whatever yeah and and she and one of the boys like leaves because you know the one of the kids got shot and he's and playful playfully shot and he's like you're you're a wuss i don't want to play with you and then he like leaves mm-hmm. and then the kid like pretends to be dead on this like uh, i don't know it's like slab a slab thing. yeah they're like and then she lays down behind him and she's like, he's like, what are you doing? She goes, I'm pretending to be dead. He's like, I can't. Or he, he's like, what's what's wrong, Cleo? And she's like, I can't. I'm I'm dead. Yeah. And then, and then she's like, I like being dead. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Like she. Wow. She just like I think she liked the stillness or something. Yeah. The meditativeness. Mm-hmm. The silence. The. The not working yeah, for a moment, you know. Yeah, taking a break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So, it, this this is a semi autobiographical movie. Um. By Curone, and it is a very different film from all of his previous films. I mean, I just watched the third Harry Potter movie a few weeks ago. He directed that one. Um. Obviously, Gravity and Children of Men and Itumama Tambien, like other um like more bigger films, more like volatile, wild films. And this one is a lot more subtle, a lot more, uh, small and like, but still about such a big thing and like a, a, you know, a whole person's life. So it's just interesting to have this take from Curon to be talking about basically his, his childhood, um, his own nanny maid lady, um, Lebo, and that's who he dedicated the, the movie to. Yeah, that's super interesting. I did not know he directed Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. That's he, easily he, probably the the best one. It is, isn't it, though? <laughs> <laughs> it's the best Harry Potter movie. I'm, I'm sorry I, to all of you out there. It's like, my favorite. It is. It's 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 the most well done. Yeah. Like, just, just leagues. Leagues. <laughs> yeah, isn't that, isn't oh, that crazy? So good. That's amazing. This guy's amazing. I gotta watch more of his movies. Yeah. So apparently, uh, I'm reading this article in the Variety. You should everybody should go check it out because he has a, it's a picture of Kiron with Lebo, and it's very cute. And he's basically just saying, "I, I'll, I'll just read this. It was probably my own guilt about social dynamics, class dynamics, racial dynamics." He says, "I was a white middle class Mexican kid living in this bubble. I didn't have awareness. I had to do what your parents tell you that you have to be nice to people who are less privileged than you and all that. But you're in your own childhood universe." And so that's why he was thinking about his nanny and how that she actually, like, as an adult, 
had more of a of a like internal life than he thought because he only saw her as a child and so like when he grew up he was like what is this woman actually thinking what you know what could could actually be like because she's a you know she's not just a, a servant so what you know what kind of person is she and yeah. that's where he got the idea for the film and um it says that they also filmed the movie in, in the house um actually across the street from his childhood house so it's actually in this um in the same place. neighborhood mm-hmm. oh wow it's, it's right across the street from filming isn't that crazy that's amazing oh i wonder why there, there must have been someone living in in a, his childhood house maybe that's why they couldn't film in there well i think his family still still is there or something i mean they still live in mexico city so yeah they, i don't know if they live somewhere else now but and i also want to mention that like even though this uh i like that the movie was in black and white because it kind of kept with like the vagueness of everything and kind of like how how scenes kind of played out because you know if, if movies are like a bit too vibrant or like purposefully dulled down you can kind of like get a predetermined sense of what the atmosphere is supposed to be like Mm -hmm. but i like how the black and white kind of just you you made it as vibrant as you wanted it like yes like yes like when like when they were like i i felt a lot of scenes feeling very vibrant just because of what was happening in them even though there was no actual color to be seen and then, you know, some other scenes that, you know, maybe while they're getting the crib and the shooting happens and, you know, while they're all doing like the militaristic martial arts moves where things seem like very dark and scary, even though mm-hmm. you don't, you don't know what colors are there. I mean, you can assume. Yeah. Trees definitely. are, trees are usually green. Yeah. <laughs> like... Yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it is such a vibrant film for being in black and white. It's in, it's incredible. Like. You you see the the brightness of this woman and her life and the kids and their life you know and the places that they visit and everything yeah it just seems like it it would have so much color, um, you know even when like uh Cleo and her friend are running through the streets, you know yeah you just you can imagine all this flashes of color going by just because your brain like applies it, yeah. I, I also feel like the black and white kind of helped maybe make things make things a bit more calmer. Like, you know, w- when they go to the movie theater and all of those just, like, stands and people selling stuff out in front, mm-hmm. like, if, 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 there, if there was, like, a bunch of color, like, being thrown around in there, it would have felt a lot more hectic. But, like, yeah. because it was in black and white, nothing seemed as hectic as it probably would have been if it had been, like, these exaggerated colors. Yeah, definitely. And we have, like we get to focus more on Cleo. We get to see her more and, and her, how she moves around in the space because she does that a lot. She moves around the house a lot. We get these beautiful, like, round shots of her going around, turning off all the lights, you know. Yes, I love that scene. Yeah, a couple, it have a couple times. Yeah, but I like the one where it kind of seemed like she did a double circle around. Mm-hmm. Like, she kind of, she purposely missed a light, but then went over to went over, like, went around the whole, like, downstairs, turning off the lights, but then she still, like, came back and did, like, a couple more lights. Like, she didn't do I think, everything. Like, I like, think, like, one of the kids or somebody, like, left the lights on. Like, they turned, like, the lights back on. And she had to go back oh, down really? there. Yeah. <laughs> oh. That's right, because then they were talking about the kid being a little prankster. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. This is a really cool. I've, just this article is amazing in variety because it's just saying how emotional Kiron was getting in so many of these scenes, um, and he has to just like because it's like his life, like playing out on screen, and so he just, you know, I, I think he even falls more in line with the connecting with the the youngest boy that she that um, Cleo really connects with. Um, yeah, Pepe. Yeah, and. He, I loved that that boy because it seemed like he was the one who had the most imagination, and he was always saying, "When I was older, I, you know, was a fighter pilot, and I died, yeah, or I was a sailor." Yeah, yeah, and it's like I've heard stories of kids saying that before. Like they kind of remember their past lives in a way, and they're just kind of like on a different like wavelength than everybody else. They're just a little bit odd, 
and they just think about stuff like that and it's just that happened like a couple times and he just you're like oh cleo connects with this kind of the outcast little little kid here you know yeah and she definitely like you can kind of tell that she's a bit more protective of of that one like mm-hmm. like the very last scene where they're at the beach mm-hmm. and and you know the mom has to go check the wheels of the car before they start heading back and you know she's saying like cleo make sure the kids stay near the shore yeah uh because cleo can't swim and the kid like gets out of the sand and wants to go back to the chairs and she's like following him and i'm like what are you doing these kids are crazy they're gonna yeah. they're not gonna not stay near the shore why are you going this way why yeah. are you walking that way she like follows the young one and then has to go back to the kids in the water who get out really far like i was so i was so scared i was like oh my god they better not die i i'm gonna lose my mind you know yeah, the waves didn't even seem all that bad, but then the second, like, she didn't have to go very far before it seemed really deep. Oh, really deep and really crazy. Like, it was going rough off and down, like, real bad yeah. out there. And I was like, oh my god, kids, you guys are idiots. I was like, oh no. And then even though Cleo couldn't swim, she went in there to save those kids. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. She's she's a hero. She, she is. She's the best. And yeah, I, I really loved her... Just the amount of, like, actual stakes she had in this family and the way that she interacts with them. Because it, it would be different, like, if she was a sister, you know, instead of somebody who works for the family. It would have just been a completely different way that they interact, you know. And it's a, like, we don't really get a lot of, a lot of movies like this, so. Yeah, and did she, did she know the did did she call the woman who worked for the the uh, the family's friends like you know how they went to that new year's party mm-hmm. did she oh that, that whole sequence was insane working no i think it was the friends no i think like it was just was... another maid that she knew like okay, an old friend I, I, because I they visit I... there a lot yeah but then but then they kept bringing up her mother and i couldn't quite I don't think her mother, I think her mother, like, worked, like, lived in a little village. Not, yeah, she was definitely not in the city. Her mother was. Yeah. Uh, so, I guess that's why I thought. Oh, yeah, that, that sequence, I completely forgot about that. Oh, my God, with the, with the fire and, and the, all the drunk and parents. Singing? Yeah. Yeah. All the, yeah, all the drunk adults that oh. were just trying to, trying that to. That was like pandemonium, man. And then the fog, oh God, the fire, and then that guy in that suit just starts singing. I was so I'm worried just... he was going to catch fire. I was like, this guy's going to burst into flames. He's wearing, like, a completely flammable outfit right now. Like... And he's wearing, like, he's wearing, like, kindling. He's wearing, like, fire starter. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And he's uh... just standing there singing, like, obviously drunk, and they're all just, like, f- f- laughing and like, throwing pans. water. How like, the, like, yeah, it's, nothing's wrong. And they were like <laughs> shooting like, the guns with the Americans in the beginning too. Like, it. I think yeah, that was interesting. That was an interesting. And then the guy comes on to uh, the mom, and she's like, "No, get off of me!" You know, like I don't want to do that. And Cleo sees her. Yeah. Oh, that part where the they're like they go. She goes down to where all the help works, and. She, she, you know, is like, oh, here, have a, have a drink for the new year. And then the guy immediately, like, the dancing people immediately knock out of her hand. And it just crashes on the ground. And you get that, like, shot of it kind of spilling out. Yeah, it almost felt like a bad omen. Almost. Mm-hmm, that's like, what I was that thinking. Happens. Yeah, it felt wrong. Like, something was wrong. Um, and then the fire happened. And you're just like, oh, my God, this is not right. Something... Something is very wrong, and I think that that's a th- more of an indication of maybe Cleo is feeling probably just really uncomfortable with being pregnant, doesn't want to have the baby, but we don't see that till the end. So I feel like that's one of those things that, like, you know, she's she's uncomfortable. She doesn't want, you know, she doesn't want to have to admit it. Yeah, same thing with the earthquake while while looking at the newborns. Like, yes, that yes. Definitely felt like a bad omen. Like, oh my gosh, she's looking at. She's looking at newborn life, which is probably mm-hmm. the, like the happiest you could ever be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like and looking she's at like new no. babies, and then the earthquake happens, and I'm just like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's definitely true, you know. dude. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. 
Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a crazy scene that that party scene. Oh, do you remember the dogs on the wall? Like the the heads of the the dogs that they had had before. They were like yes, it, on the gosh. walls. Is that like a thing people do in Mexico? I have no idea, but it reminded <laughs> me of like Coraline, where like they stuff all their uh, Scotties. Yeah. Before, uh, when they die. Oh yeah. My gosh. I mean, it was like t- it's like taxidermy, but like just with the heads. I just think that's so strange. And then she like looks at the dog, their dog, you know, and she's like. I don't want you to die. Like, she likes the dog. Yeah. And. So, was this was this movie mostly silent? I don't remember much of music except for when she would sing. Hmm. I don't. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember it. I, I don't recall either. Um, maybe there was just some, some stuff, but nothing really sticks out to me. No. She put Which like music like... on. She would she would put music on, like yeah, know, Mexican music, like playing um, over the and radio. Would, and there would sometimes be just stuff in like the background that you could always hear, like the mm-hmm. you know the marching band or the the yes whatever, the the band the marching people that would come down mm-hmm. their street every once in we a while. We heard that like in the distance a lot, yeah, or in front yeah. of their house. And just you know the the natural music of the city. I mean, people just make a noise. Through town, mm-hmm. just all the time, which I like. And the as quietness well, kinda... of the countryside and the little shanty town too. Yeah, it kind of it kind of just kept with the authenticity of everything, not making it too like flashy or showy. Very simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but just like so many little things, so many, you know, like just just lots of little symbols and icons that just you know yeah like the earthquake and the it's just all so wonderfully written and so wonderfully composed and so wonderfully acted it was so great like even though this family was crazy and i would never want to be anywhere near them they (laughs) they seemed like a very loving family and they seemed they seemed like a lot of fun to be around especially when the mom at the end was um like saying to the kids that the dad left them um yeah and just watching watching the mom be like to prepare for that was amazing yeah because she had spent a lot of the movie kind of like you know calling people talking to people the doctor you know on the phone like you could kind of always hear her in the background like uh like uh being like sad about it you know kind of like you know he hasn't sent us any money i don't know what to do, like, just very frantic, and then by the end, she's like, you know, I got I got a new job now, and we're gonna be okay, and we all love each other, and it's a very, it was very nice to see, because, you know, a lot of the kids were sad, obviously, but, mm-hmm. but it was good to see that, you know, she doesn't, she doesn't need to be just, like, frantic, she, she can get over it. Yeah, and, and right afterwards, they're having ice cream in silence while this couple's getting married behind them, or just got married. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it just seemed like none of them were they're just they're just like fuck it, like they were just over. It. Yeah. So, um, oh, my brother couldn't uh, record something, but he did write something for me today to read. Okay. Yeah. So my brother Paulo really wanted to be on the podcast, but he's got rehearsals, so he couldn't make it. Um, but he wrote me this this text, so I'm just gonna read what he said. All right. I loved Roma. It's one of the best movies of 2018, if not the best. My favorite parts were the sounds of the film and the cacophony of every scene. The world was so sensorial and bleak. I loved the climax at the beach, Kiron finally letting you off the hook with Cleo tragically confessing that she didn't want her baby. And we didn't want her to. How could she in a world like that with so much potential for disaster? The acting was incredible. I loved how the mom delivered at this section in the end about her husband never coming back and confidently telling the kids that it's a new adventure. We spend the entirety of the movie questioning the strength and the attitude of this incredibly complicated woman, and then she tells her kids the reality of the situation, and there's a confidence and an assurance that is so poignant and powerful. Aparicio is obviously the hero of the film, one of the most astonishing debuts I've ever seen, and the most natural, subtle performance. The pace in in this film is tricky, and so many slow brooding shots in, in the Alfonso Cuaron style, 
but it's still more emotionally resonant and clear than anything I've ever seen from him. Bravo. That was beautiful, Paulo. Yeah, wasn't that really nice, Paulo? Maybe you should do a little bit more stuff like that if he has things to say, but he really did love this movie. Yeah, um, if, you, if you're interested, Paulo was also in our uh, La La Land episode of Feels Like Eternity Ago. <laughs> yes. And, yes. Uh, he was and in also... most recently, The Favorite. Yes, he's in The Favorite one. He's also in another one, wasn't he? He was in the Solo, Solo. podcast. Yes. He was in Solo. Paulo was in Solo. <laughs> so if you're interested in hearing Paulo wonderfully uh, describe movies, he does, <laughs> he does it ever so beautifully in those three episodes. He, he's the writer episodes. in the family. I don't have... I don't have that kind of eloquence, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Should we get to the meta scores? Um, I have a fun fact. Oh, okay. Okay. Fun fact. Uh, we we discussed briefly the... Well, not briefly, but, you know, we discussed the lengthy uh, delivery scene in the hospital, and, and Alessandra said that it was only in, in... It was shot once. And uh, I wanted to note that the doctors and nurses were real. They were not actors, and they were hired to make the scene feel more authentic. Wow. I believe it. Look that was that. great. Yeah. Nice. And, oh, here's another cool one. For the film, Alfonso uh, gathered 70% of the furniture in his home from different family members spread all around Mexico. <laughs> wow. So in the home in the in the movie or in his like actual home i guess in in the movie like uh that's that's what i was assuming yeah so like in the house itself you know the bookshelves and all of the the things probably just wanted it to feel like it was more like home his family yeah the scene in which cleo is turning off the lights contains 45 different camera positions what <laughs> that's what it says right here is that because it's turning Possibly? That's, that's Possibly. so interesting. 45? <laughs> yeah. It was like a, a circle, though. It was like it was like the camera was on a tripod and they were just turning around in, in the center of the room. That's that's very interesting. Well. Okay. Yep, Alessandra, you, you and 227 other people found this interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, this... This has a very high meta score. Um, oh, indeed. I didn't even know it was this high. I looked at it and I was like, what? This is amazing. Yeah. Uh, it got a 96 meta score. Damn! <laughs> it's very high. Let's see. Well, Stupid Variety gave it a 70, which is hilarious because I just read that Variety article and they were, like, praising it so much. And this is a review of it. And it's the same, like, it's very interesting to me. They must be a, they must be really a, what is it, picky or something. Or, you know, strict. Well, I'll, I'll read it. Roma is no mere movie. It is a vision, a memory play that unfolds with a gritty and virtuosic time machine austerity. It is a Proustian revere, dreamed and designed down to the last street corner and scuffed piece of furniture. Yet I actually think it's far from a masterpiece because as you're a viewing experience, it has slightly hermetic coffee table book purity. Every moment comes at you in the same methodically objective and caressing zen way. What the wow. fuck, dude? How come it's far from a masterpiece because it's so zen? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, why does... Why can it not be Zen? That's stupid. Also, did you notice how many planes are in this movie, and it like ends on a plane shot? There was, there was, there was a, there was. <laughs> what? What, Emily? <laughs> there was a plane trivia. Really? A plane trivia, <laughs> Sandra. I brought it up. I didn't even know. I, d I didn't say it. Okay, here we go. Um, Alfonso decided <laughs> to shoot on location in Mexico City instead of using a soundstage. This is one reason for the several appearances of airplanes, because according to Curran, they had a plane passing by every five minutes. That's exactly why there were so many planes. <laughs> there were so many planes. There was a lot of planes. There was like at least four planes. 
Oh, yeah. So much. Yeah. Let's see. I'm trying to find a find a review I like. Let's see. I like the Time one. I'll read the Time magazine one. Okay, that one is okay. obviously gave it 100. <laughs> this glorious... <laughs> This glorious tender picture, a memoir written in film language, is only indirectly about the man who made it. He stands off to the side in the shadows, beckoning, beckoning us towards something. Roma is filmmaking as gesture, an invitation to generosity that we perhaps didn't know we could feel. There you go. There you go. That was that was good. Thank you, Stephanie. Why don't you teach Owen something? <laughs> Owen Gleberman. Hey, he doesn't Owen her anything. Whoa! That, that was... That was... <laughs> I don't I don't even want to congratulate you on that pun. Just, just ignore it. Yeah, I'll just do that. I don't, I don't know which one to read! There's so many good ones! I mean, a lot of I them know. are of 100, so we're very close, but... Okay, I like, oh, uh, no. Okay. Okay, I'll read The Guardian. That also gave it a 100. At times it feels novelistic, a densely realized intimate drama giving us access to domestic lives developing in what feels like real time. In its engagingly episodic way, it is also at times like a soap opera or a telenovela. Hmm. And at other times it feels resoundingly like an epic. That's a great... That's that's to me why this movie is so brilliant because it is simultaneously in, like intimate and epic. Indeed. So so beautiful. Mhm. I might make my mom watch it. Uh yeah. <laughs> you think <laughs> do you think she would think it was cute? I sure hope not. <laughs> Cuz like because, I mean, aspects of it are, are cute, but no, no, not, no, no. Okay, well, uh, uh, do you want to do the plot keywords? Oh my gosh, the plot keywords, I almost forgot. Yes, 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 let's, let's go to the plot keywords. I'm I sorry, really I, I have I really hope you're putting in, you're putting in those sound effects. Also uh, sure, I, I like gotta real... make it, Emily. I don't... I'm looking like a real ass over here. I'm gonna have to. <laughs> I'm gonna have to make it on GarageBand, and I don't know what I'm doing. So. Oh dang it! All right. Well, uh, to to be, I don't know. I'll figure it out. Coming I'll figure soon. it out. Coming soon. Yeah. Okay. So let us know from from this little snapshot of plot keywords if this sounds like the movie. We've got, nanny, mopping the floor, 1970s, maid childbirth okay that's what we got yep let's see if we got some some better ones that's the movie though i mean it is we've got saving a life here we go okay mexico city yep yeah yeah location and title car uh-huh car i loved when the mom got the new car that was the best i i loved it oh i love that car i love i love that she got this car that fit perfectly like and you know what i also loved was when she was taking um cleo to the hospital and she backed the car out and scraped it and then she like drove in between those two cars and completely scraped the sides of the car yes oh my god that. that lady she was clearly, like, having a really hard day. Like, she was, like, trying to be positive for Cleo, but, like, clearly she, like, does not know how to drive slash has poor judgment at the moment. And then when she starts talking to that doctor, she's like, have you seen my husband? What's going on? You know, she she was, like, totally trying to, like, have an excuse to go to the hospital so she could, she could talk to the guy. Yeah. Yeah, that was, it was... It was just so funny that it seemed so out of place from the movie because it just had this very like it was funny like like oh sorry and then you yeah. see the guys coming out of their trucks like what's happening yeah and I, you know the first thing you think is oh my god her husband is gonna kill her that she did that to his car and then you're like oh but he's gone like she doesn't give a shit yeah, there, there's she doesn't give a, a shit about there. his car 
Yeah. Yeah, no one, yeah, she does not care. I do not care. It's just a car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, one of the plot keywords is no music score. So I think oh, that we were yeah our, our question from earlier. It's like all di- diegetic sound, uh, which is sound in in the space itself. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, okay. Oh, is this? Uh, what did we? Wasn't the plot keywords from something we we were uh, talking about before F rated? Does that mean like oh yeah, fe- female right? Yeah, it's like a female forward film, I think. Or... Yeah, so that this has that plot keyword. I would say that it's yeah. a it's about the two women, like it's a it's about the women, you know. Right. What? It, oh, that was that was something else that we were talking about. Uh, well, the favorite the, had the it woman... as well. Yeah. Yeah. But the Bechdel... You were talking about a woman director or something. You were talking about... Oh, yes, yes, yes. Like the... Well, we were also talking... Yeah, like that's... that's The Bechdel test is like a famous test that's similar to to that, which is like uh, if two women have a conversation in a movie with no men present about something other than a man, it passes the Bechdel test. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, if you enjoyed Roma just as much as we did, leave a comment. You can leave a comment on SoundCloud or leave us a review, an honest review or a nice review uh, (laughs) on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like notifications on future episodes, you can follow us on our various social media. We've got Twitter. The handle is at ByThePopcorn. Instagram is at AllByThePopcornPodcast. And Facebook. You can, yes, Facebook, you can find us all by the Popcorn Podcast and just like our page. And if you have any suggestions for future episodes, you can email us. Our emails are allbythepopcornpodcast at gmail.com or allbythepopcorn at gmail.com. Yeah, so thanks everybody for listening. And next week we will have the Oscar podcast. Woo! Oscars, Oscar guesses, Oscar theories, Oscar snubs. Everything! Get ready! We are so we ready! Are bringing it all! Third bringing annual it all. Oscar podcast! Really? Third annual? My goodness. Yep. Wait. Really? Yeah, it's the third one. Oh my gosh, what? <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna talk about this during the podcast okay everybody thank you oh man talk to you next time bye bye hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.